Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And we're so excited about this episode. Today, we're doing the Polarizing Express, and we have one half of the writing team, James Rodé Rodriguez, who also directed it. And there is quite a story around this episode. And James, he gets very real, and we love it, and we are so excited to share it with you. So please enjoy this episode of Psychologists Are In, talking about the Polarizing Express. Yo. Hello, Joms. You're in New York, Joms. Look at this place, Joms. I did. I finally made it. I you made it. Congratulations. And you're actually in now. And it's, it looks gorgeous. You got a real like New York City view and stuff. I do. I do. It's uh, it's pretty spectacular to, to get up in the morning and, and walk out and see the city every day. It's, it's and just flap your junk to the whole city. You must be in heaven. It's good. It's good. Yeah. I mean, I've been either sick or um, immobile the entire time, but it's good. <laughs> right, right. Can we say Joms is recovering from a uh, from a foot surgery? Yeah, I had some foot. I had some foot surgery. Um, I've been sticking my foot in my mouth and my ass uh, <laughs> for the better part of twenty five years, and it finally caught up with me. It's actually my <laughs> mouth and other people's asses. Oh um, yeah. Well, we know this. It did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and I finally got it. Uh, I got it taken taken care of so uh, i love it's it it's gonna be a bit of a recovery but then uh i'm gonna feel my age instead of uh, <laughs> welcome to my world 20 years older than, than my oh family. god i didn't even i didn't know that's awful well i'm glad i'm glad you're on the mend joms i'm glad you're on the mend hi Tim. I'm hi uh, can i just you say how looks great Thank you. You look wonderful too. It's the beard show today. It's the beard episode. It really is the beard episode. And I and I love it. You lifted Linus up just under your chin, then you would have your own. Uh <laughs> he has a beard. What's the matter? He has his own little beard. Um, he's a little uh he's very comfortable right now. I would lift him up, but you know, he's got like these little whiskers that hang down. So it's very cute. Yes, yes. I want to give him an ascot and a monocle soon um i know he's a very distinguished he's a very distinguished gentleman you guys this is first off joms thank you so much for joining today for this episode that i rewatched. i mean i fully cried at the end like full blown like i forgot like i'm just like oh right this is like the weirdest wackiest like i i was so excited to watch it again and then i completely forgot like how emotional it is and I almost texted you, Tim, to be like, not me just sitting here watching Polarizing Express and and sobbing at the end. But anyway. Um, yeah, me by surprise as well. Yeah, it was. It's okay, a okay, really feels. Very first important question. You can't start off an episode with James Roday Rodriguez without saying, hey, James, I got a question for you. Our dear friend, a.k.a. our hero. Are you ready to help me and my dear podcast partner, Margaret Cassidy Lawson? Podcast the shit out of this very special episode of the, the Psychologist in a, a Psychologist podcast. I am ready. I worry that because I have a squeaky wheel, uh, I'm going to be I'm going to be bringing up the rear. But then let's let's be honest. I do thrive in that position as well. So <laughs> I remember you certainly have. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm I ready think, to help. The podcast. I don't think you mind this position. No, um, at all. Yeah, no, it's good. Um, all right. Well, why don't we dive in? I want to say something very important. 
Holy crap, it's what, our second episode of the new year? And we've already started with the big guns, Jim Zordero Rubis. I know. Yeah, yeah. You guys aren't messing around. You guys are, are professional podcasters. We're professional podcasters. We're going to, we're taking the show on the road this You're year. You're partnering around. You're dicking around anymore. No, no, no. We're in it. We're in it. Um, it. So, Joms, you and uh, Saladin wrote this episode. Saladin K. Patterson and I. Yeah. Um, uh, combined forces uh, a couple times, uh, obviously, over the course of, of the series. But this one, um, it's got a very interesting backstory. Uh, and when I started going down the rabbit hole so that I could talk to you guys about it, I, I recalled uh, a lot that I, I had either forgotten about or, or perhaps consciously, you know, chosen to, chosen to bury um, yeah. but i'm gonna pull out as much of it as i can uh with the only disclaimer that it was what thir 13 years ago um and and and, and my memory is only as as good as it is now so um i'm gonna give it to you as, as straight as i can knowing that you know there's probably a margin of error um of about 10 to 15 degrees um, mm -hmm. because of the way that our brains work for every episode we do. Yeah. Yeah. But what I can tell you is the polarizing express is unequivocally genius. Thank you, Tim. Yes. And uh, honestly forgot, I like forgot some of it. I was like, this episode is it, it's it is there is there's a genius to it, John. I mean, there are to all of them, but like, it's yeah, the most. It was the most uh, internally controversial uh, episode that we ever made on Psych. Um, really, that's shocking because we because we made set, stuff on Psych. It set off the most alarms. It pushed the most buttons. It caused the most discord. Um, one time in, in all of our, in all of our run, uh, of making however many of these we, we did plus movies, 121. Uh, there was, yes, there was yeah. some, there was some actual uncomfortable conversations and hurt feelings. This was it. This was the only time. Tell we, us. I always keep saying 121 episodes. We really should just put an asterisk on and say it's just 120 because Maggie wasn't in a certain incredibly important episode we don't talk about. Yeah, but okay. So, all right. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. John, yeah, so give us the, like, first off, just how, wh where did the idea come from for this? And then right. also, yeah, what, yeah. So, what happened was, this was the same season that um, we finally got to do Dual Spires, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and we knew that was finally going to happen. And we knew that we wanted to make it as weird and wonderful and sort of standalone and way outside the box as we possibly could. So to balance that, I said to Steve, let me let me also give them a Christmas episode. And and I'll work with Saladin, who's done some previous Christmas episodes and who is also um, probably like our, our sweetest, like most sort of wholesome, like go-to guy for, for tugging heartstrings probably. But I know Saladin had done some of the previous Christmas episodes. So he was a veteran. He was a Christmas veteran. And, and the idea was to deliver a sweet, soft, um, delicious sentimental psych Christmas episode that would serve to balance what I knew I was going to do uh, with dual spires. Right. And, and, and Steve said, yes, I think that's really smart. Um, I think it'll buy you a lot of runway with the studio uh, and the network, uh, you know, for dual spires. Um, it'll be good. You'll, you know, challenge you to go outside of your, your comfort zone. Saladin will be a great partner. And that was the agreement that we made. Um, mm -hmm. 
And then what happened was <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do that. And to be honest, I don't know. I don't know how long I actually spent trying to do that before, uh-huh. before I said now nah. I scrapped the idea of, of doing that. Yeah. Um, and that's where things went weird and got and went sideways. And Wait, that's uh, where they went weird. Yeah. That was, you know, because, you know, because I was always in, in Vancouver and Steve was always in LA and there was always a little bit of a, of a disconnect. Um, and, you know, I, I was just sort of doing my own thing and, and, you know, in cahoots with Saladin on this one little island of, of, of story while Steve was doing his job um, down in, in the room, breaking all the other stuff that needed to happen and in post and all of the things that, that sort of took up his time. And by the time he sort of put eyes on anything, um, I had gone way off the reservation. Let me and ask, had you, had you already finished uh, post-production on Dual Spires by this point? Or were you still playing? What, where, where did they slot in the season, do you know? Yeah, we're, we just did Dual Spires two ago. So we've done Dual Spires. We'd like to thank the Academy and now Polarizing. Okay. So there was yeah. one in between. Yeah, right. Was, no. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. So I was probably... I was probably pretty active on the Dual Spires post as well. Yeah. Meaning that there were a lot of things conspiring to kind of make polarizing express um, a, a thing that slipped through slipped through some cracks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by the time we sort of came together, Steve was sort of I think felt like he he had been put in with his back to a corner because there was like the train had left the station. Mm. And this was not what we had spoken about. Mm-hmm. And it put him in a spot, you know, because as we know, he he was such a wonderful advocate for all of us. And, you know, the autonomy that we had uh, was so unique to psych that you know, no one ever wanted to take advantage of that because, you know, we were we were at, at the bare minimum smart enough and aware enough to know that this was an outlier, that we were the outlier as a show, as a, as a writer's room, as actors. Um, and, and this was the one time where I think an argument could be made that I specifically um, probably did take advantage of that, of that autonomy. And, mm-hmm. and, and by doing so, it, it puts Steve in a very tough tough spot because a he's a million percent conflict avoidant right that's just not a part of his dna is is conflict of any kind um b you know we would have had to kind of start over frankly like it was so outside of of what we had spoken about that kind of the whole thing would have had to get scrapped and we would have had to start from zero and you know, there was a timeline and deadlines to, to meet. And so I, I think in that regard, he sort of felt a, like he had been a little bit hoodwinked mm. and that is fair. And I think what Saladin and I were hoping is that even though it wasn't what we said it was going to be, what we were giving him was so inspired and and so different um, that he would have no choice but to embrace it and and love it and and sort of give us a a free pass. Right. I think that was the hope. Right. And then I'm what we to know what the difference was at some point. Yeah, we walked you through all of it. And what we discovered was that um, initially. And that's why I think it, it would be fun for you guys to talk to Steve about this as well, because mm. I do I do think he came he came around a little bit and, and and probably more than a little bit over the years, and upon a rewatch, but initially 
uh, he was not feeling it. Like mm-hmm. we were very far apart. It did not feel like his show to him. And I had crossed the too weird line. <laughs> yeah. That's right. saying something for you. Yeah. And that was a really weird spot to be in with yeah. him. And, and it was the only time. And, and it was one of those things where I think if we had just, maybe if we had both been in the same place, we could have gone into a room and shut the door and had one really honest conversation about how it happened, why it happened and what the plan was going to be. But that never happened. And we weren't communicating very well directly. And we just kind of kept going on our end. And I think he kind of felt like he just got a little bit steamrolled and and we ended up making the thing that we wanted to make um, as opposed to the thing that I said we would make and the thing that I think he, especially back then, preferred that we make. Right. So wow. that was the table that had been set that no one was really that privy to except for me and Saladin. And by the way, Saladin was also in a in a precarious spot because – you know, he works for Steve. He's on the writing staff. Right. And here he is sort of making a choice to stand behind the script and and to kind of stand with me because we were stoked about what we had done and, you know, sort of defying his boss in a way, which I also feel bad about. Like, I feel bad that that I put him in, in that position and that he felt like he had to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this was the sort of uh, juiciest, most discordant, um, non-usual psych uh, vibe episode that we ever made. Which is amazing wow. because it yeah. what came out of it was so much, it's just, I mean, it's, it's one of my favorite episodes. Just so there's so much heart and just juicy wonderfulness. And crazy delightfulness. That is the weirdness of psych in this one. And that's the irony because for, for yeah. all the guilt that I feel back then and now upon reflection, yeah. I'm also straight up proud of that episode. And, and I think it was good for the show. And I think it was, it was good for all of us to be able to do something like that. And the fact that we had, um, you know, the means and the platform to do it and to, and to take the swing. Uh, I would, I think for as guilty as I felt about it, I would have felt even worse if I hadn't mm. knowing, you know, that we, what we could have done and what we could have gotten away with. Mm. Right. And for some reason chose not to, I think that was the thing I was struggling most with was like, why did I ever, why did I ever say I would do that in the first place? Like, Mm. that's not, that's not me. And, and also like we were five seasons in, like we didn't, we didn't need to deliver some soft saccharine Christmas episode to our fans. It's like, that's not why they were tuning in at that point. So I think I created my own problem, honestly, by, by going to Steve and saying, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I should have known better to, to ever say that or to even pitch that. But the idea was always the same, which was we were going to riff on It's a Wonderful Life. Mm-hmm. And Sean was going to get a look at what Santa Barbara and all of our characters would be doing uh, if he had never chosen to come home. Which, you know, taken in the other direction as I'm sure you can imagine, um, could have worked, you know, just fine. I mean, it's, it's, we did it all the time. We took a movie or a genre or source material that, that we wanted to play with and then sort of gave it our own little psych spin. And it's a wonderful life is sort of like a no brainer. Like, of course, that's a psych episode. Support for today's episode comes from OneSkin. 
We all know New Year's is synonymous with big health resolutions, but you know what I'm keeping as is in 2024? My skin's biological age. Biological age? What does that even mean? It's basically how old your skin acts and looks, which can be different from your actual age. See, their products are powered by a scientifically proven peptide called OS1 that targets lines and wrinkles right where they start, your cells. This isn't just another skincare routine. It is a real science breakthrough. In fact, OS1 is the first of its kind to actually turn back the clock instead of just masking the signs of aging. With their full line of face, eye, body, sun, and travel size products, One Skin doesn't only promise healthier skin, they prove it. And I'm all in. For a limited time, our listeners will get an exclusive 15% off One Skin products using code PINEAPPLE when you check out at oneskin.co. Start 2024 off right and give your skin the scientifically proven love it deserves with One Skin. I've been using One Skin for a little while now, and I love it. There's actually a body cream too that I've noticed the difference. They're both really incredible. But the moisturizer, the facial moisturizer is so nice. And I've actually had people mention that my skin is like looking better. So there's proof right there. Treating the symptoms rather than the root causes of aging has long been the norm. Most skincare available on the market is designed to provide a temporary reduction in visible signs of aging, addressing just the surface symptoms of an underlying decline in skin health. One Skin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, One Skin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code pineapple at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code pineapple. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them and please support our show and tell them we sent you. New year, healthier skin. That is One Skin. Get incredible deals on premium cuts from ButcherBox. Deals this good are hard to come by at the grocery store, but not anymore, thanks to today's sponsor, ButcherBox. What are the benefits of ButcherBox? Well, peace of mind. You can easily find high-quality meat and seafood you can trust. 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Plus, it's humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones, not to mention their ultimate convenience. See, ButcherBox is delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping, always, and curated to customize box plans. Get an incredible value on a variety of high-quality cuts, exclusive member deals, recipe inspiration, guides, tips, and hacks. I just love knowing that they're all humanely raised or humanely fished or humanely, whatever the, the words are, that they're that the animals are treated properly and that it's done in the best way possible. And that's one of my favorite things about ButcherBox because I feel like a lot of these delivery companies, you kind of don't know that you're getting that. And with them, you do. And it's actually really good. New members get two pounds of ground beef, three pounds of chicken breast, or two pounds of salmon for free in every order for a whole year. Free all year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. So sign up today at butcherbox.com slash pineapple and use code pineapple to choose your free offer and get $20 off. So the idea never changed. It's not like we threw it out and, and replaced it with something else. We just took it into the weirdest, wildest places that we possibly could imagine. And to do yeah. so give everyone a a beautiful um a beautiful morsel to chew on. Oh the actors it all was, had a blast like across the board. God. Like it was everybody got to do something that they had never done on the show before. And that was part of the impetus for it was like, you know, it was a Christmas episode. So for me it was like here's my here's my Christmas gift to each one of my fellow castmates. Um, and was it beautifully wrapped? <laughs> oh my God. I mean, what? But, um, going into this episode as the director, knowing the sort of the, um, the strife that you were entering after going through the, the growing pains with, with the Steve, it does sound like growing pains, but, um, how much did that did sort of hamstrung you as a director? Yeah. Not much because, you know, by, by pushing back, and holding on to the set pieces and the and the tableaus, like those weren't going to work unless we went for it. You know, like you're either going to poop or get off the pot, and we and we decided to poop. And so, you know, the the one thing I think that would have made that episode bad is if we had kept all of those things and then been afraid um, mm -hmm. to really to really go for them. And it had, oh, yeah. it had landed somewhere in the middle. I think that would have made it really kind of muddy. And yeah. A blunt is never exciting. 
No, no. And then it wouldn't Especially have happened. Squirrel. That would have been that would have James, been I just like, gave you a sports reference. I hope you'd like that gift. I really appreciate oh. that. <laughs> I know that I know baseball is the is the one sport that you can stick your foot in the water for. So I think you chose the right you chose the right one. Good. Just a little tinky bit, yeah. A little tinky bit, he says. <laughs> I should say wow. a punt is never exciting. That's and a lot. And punts are actually not, neither of them are very exciting. No, that's true. Okay. Some new sports references, and no, I appreciate that. may not understand. <laughs> and you were either way; it was a win-win. Whether you said bunt or punt, either one works. So yeah. you you just pick the right you know duo of rhyming words. Um, but yes, that was the backstory of of Polarizing Express, which is why we called it the Polarizing Express. That was sort of an inside joke amongst our our own psych universe, right? Um, because you, of, yeah, yeah, how because of the controversy? Because it does start off very. It's a. I mean, it is a. It's a wonderful life, you know the the dream and the you know the the angel. <laughs> Maggie, I feel like we should really um, do a um, disclaimer at the top of this episode that the first ten minutes are all insider insight. Oh yeah, we will. I'll when I do well, my intro, we'll, I'll uh, thirty I'll, minutes uh, in. Thirty minutes yeah. in of insider insight, chock yeah. full of deliciousness. Talk full of deliciousness. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, did not realize that was happening. And also, I mean, there is, I will say that I love, as you know, there is a darkness in this one that's even darker. Even it, like, I can't put my finger on the, it's like an unsettling darkness. And granted, I know we have like the yin and yang and everything else, but there's something with this one that is just weird and trippy. And I, I, I was rewatching it because I feel like I, it's one that I feel like I haven't seen again in a very, very, very long time. Like I've seen photos from it and things, but yeah, to like go back and rewatch it is it is as tim said there's a geniusness to this episode that it it just and every single scene unfolds into like another another thing that i remember having that feeling as we were doing it i remember seeing it but to see it again i don't know sometimes it's just like a new appreciation after some time even it's like god we we, we were doing really good shit we were doing like incredible things on this show <laughs> anyway so yeah if you think when you go back to the dark think of the source material which, as yeah. you know, yeah. Swan of Love is, is my favorite Christmas film. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a dark, dark movie. 100%. It's a really dark movie. He's about to jump off a bridge. Especially the man with his, about to commit suicide. And then, um, yeah. What happens, of course, in Pottersville? It's, it's, a dark, it's a dark film. So it makes sense that your version, James, would uh, continue that uh, cycle of. That there's a juxt- there was a juxtaposition that, you know, maybe we hadn't used a ton of on the show up to that point i mean yes we did dark episodes but you usually knew in the first two minutes that they were going to be dark like you knew that the yang episodes sort of had their own lane um a slasher episode was going to have some scares uh dual spires was going to be weird like this was this was a christmas episode it was was a trick yeah down a sort of terry gilliam you know rabbit hole um and we didn't give you any kind of, we didn't really give people any kind of warning at all. Although I, w- I disagree with that. The very opening seconds of Magnum just can jump in. The opening no, seconds of the the themes, not the theme song, but the, the, uh, theme the, the Peanuts Christmas song. Is, yeah. is in that one, it's not, it's not the traditional um, Magnum and Vince, Vince who? Uh, Garaldi, yeah. Vince, it's not the Vince Garaldi version. But it, it's a it's a darker spin on that Vince Gualdi uh, ver- yeah. version. So right away, I think we are sort of set up like, ooh, something's a little off here. Yeah, it's a it's a it's it's a little uh, it's a little it's a little spooky. <laughs> yeah, and and just to put a button on the on the backstory, I, I think it's still important to say that through all of that, and and through all of the the discord and uncomfortable moments, Steve still. Still, to his credit, um, let us do it and put his name on it. You know, like that was probably the hardest one uh, of all the shows we ever did. But even even with all of that going on, he still didn't say, James, no. Right. 
God. still. And, and, and he deserves so much credit. Yeah. Yeah. Steve. Anyway, you know. You know, Franks. This is why we love you. Just one of many, 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 many many reasons. Yeah, he's and he'll he'll I'm sure love hearing that story, John's too. But um, ah, well, thank you for for sharing that. That's a it's very interesting. Leading into this really interesting, weird, you know, borderline creepy at times, borderline like, oh my god, there's so many funny things that happen. All right, so here's what I'll do. Just because, you know, we could probably talk about this like for a very long time, but you have a, an evening. So I'm going to go through the synopsis and, and do the thing, but I'll, I'll read it pretty quickly. So stop me any, anywhere. There's just, I feel like this episode is so rich with like, oh my God, I love this scene and that scene and this, whatever. It is so rich. So anyway, so stop me when you want to chime in or if there's anything special. And honestly, if we like don't get through again, I think you're right. I think this should be a multi-part episode. So like, even if there's stuff we don't get to that's uh, in the synopsis, it's okay. We'd rather have the stories and the insider scoop. Tim, this, are you ready? Max, oh. So it made me think of you because of the Christmas, because of um, that song. And, and I know how much Peanuts Christmas is your favorite. Yes. And then cut, cut straight to uh, Christmas cookies. Now I can't look at Christmas cookies while so thinking of, of your grandma's Christmas cookies. <laughs> well, and now I add Linus to the mix because, you know, it was well, peanuts. Exactly. And it was all a very special Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. It also sounds like you're saying penis Christmas. Uh, uh, peanut. <laughs> I know. I know. Penis Christmas is your favorite, Max. Is there it's any what, other kind? That's what I thought you said. Isn't that what Christmas is for? That's what I said. Which, which I would respond. Isn't that every day, Max? <laughs> <laughs> yes, which is why I'm all about Christmas. It should be Christmas every day. If you know me, you know this is something I say. It's Christmas. <laughs> every day is Christmas. So, uh, yeah, why not? Um, I'm not going back and re-enunciate that that word then. <laughs> don't, don't. No, don't, don't. Uh, I like it. Okay, episode 14, The Polarizing Express, written by James Roday Rodriguez, Saladin K. Patterson, directed by James Roday Rodriguez. Yay! Pineapple Our City. hero. Did you, I didn't, where's the pineapple? Oh, oh, I did see this and I didn't uh, clock it as the, like the pineapple sighting. Do you, you know the pineapple sightings? Do you know them? No, what is it right? Is it right off the bat? It's there's a pineapple vase on Henry's bar. Yes. Okay. But then Sean tucks him in with a quilted. This is what I saw. Pineapple blanket. That's right. I thought there might be one on that. Oh, that's so cute. Okay. Cold I'm open. Christmas time. You have a pineapple Christmas cookie coming out of the oven. Um. Oh, yeah. Okay, cold open. Christmas time is here, and Sean is on the news after breaking into someone's home. Gus says, with this move, they may not even have psych again. Oh, okay. After a criminal named Sergei Zarsky, I want to really give it what? <laughs> I think at one point we were just like, any nondescript Eastern European <laughs> long, long-faced long person is fair game to be a villain. Like that. Vladimir? Zarsky. No, Let's just stick with that. Let's not let's not get fancy. Sergey, not Sergey. Okay, Sergey has his court case thrown out because of a crucial error Sean made while investigating him. The entire SPD is furious with him. When internal, yes, Tim. Right, uh, two episodes in a row. Right from the get go, we are at Pepto Drink. Thanks to uh, Scarlet Hair, <laughs> Scarlet Hair, Scarlet <laughs> Hair. Thanks to uh, that's amazing. I love Amazing Pepto drink, blush, blouse, and Lassiter's um, sapphire bo- sapphire bottle blue shirt. So we're already drinking, everybody. Okay, everybody drink. All right. Well, I think this 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 episode. If I mean, this has to be the drinking episode. Like it just has yeah. to be the episode. I mean, okay. Re- it ends with a reference to eggnog, so it's already we're already drinking in it. Yes, exactly. All right. Which so when you intro on my dry January, you're oh yeah. How many days are you in? I am now a full seven days in 168 yeah. hours, everybody. I've been Amazing. texting Maggie every morning. And he gives me the update. Me, um, this much is, more this support. Is good. We're getting to the 10th, right, Tim? That's the day you, you're, you're making uh, it to no, the 10th? Tomorrow, the 9th. Oh, the 9th. Tomorrow. 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 Bring my Percy Jackson. So I'm going to have a couple martinis. I'm going to crack up in that sapphire blue bottle. Oh, yes. it's going to feel so good. Whereas last year, I only made it 72 hours. So to make it 168 hours, I'm pretty darn happy. Yeah, we declared dry January and then made it. Shout out to all those who are 
really um, struggling to um, stay sober for various reasons. And um, boy, you, you, you've got, I'm standing with you in, in a solid area. I mean, my, my little 162 hours is nothing compared to those who are getting their either months and weeks and years. And so my yeah. hat is off to you. Absolutely. All right. And this Max got a pass because she was not drinking. I, I was drinking like a madman since Thanksgiving. Yeah, I haven't been drinking very much. So I needed a break and probably better for my brain and my various other organs. It's very it's adult of you, Tim. It's good to do. Mature. It's good to do. Okay. So when internal, all right, now we're back at the SPP. When internal makes it a point to hold SPPD accountable for their mistake, everyone's job is in jeopardy. Sean plays it off like it's no big deal, but Gus and Henry see otherwise. Chief Vic decides to place Sean on suspension indefinitely and makes the difficult decision to fire Henry. This is like a double gut punch scene. Goodness gracious. <laughs> As a result, Henry and Sean have a huge falling out that subsequently causes Sean to have a series of It's a Wonderful Life type dream sequences in which Sean sees what life would have been like for the psych characters had he never come back to Santa Barbara. Cue the magical Christmas intro song. It was good. Also, another incredible Christmas song at the end of this episode. While watching himself on TV, Sean dozes off into a slumber where actor Tony Cox introduces himself as his comically apathetic guide in the dream sequences. Cox first takes Sean to see what his parents are up to. I want to just go back to the scene before you fall, before you fall asleep, though, with Henry, because that scene was like another gut punch. Like it was really intense between the two of you. Yeah, we really um, yeah. went at we went after each other in that one. Yeah, and you were like, I, yeah, it was it was it was a good place. I feel like to start from when it was uh, going into this whole dream thing of like not coming back to Santa Barbara, but it was it was something behind Corbin's eyes in this scene. Like he was Oof. he was going for it, like you said. Yeah, it got it got me good this one. And we really needed like we really needed something to kind of launch, knowing what was coming. Like, yeah, it had to be a pretty major blowout to get Sean's brain spinning in a way that would allow us to see everything that we're about to see. Yeah. Um, okay. Sean is shocked to learn that Henry is living in squalor and his mother is married to a prince. <laughs> yes, Tim. <laughs> uh, going back to the SPPD scene where um, the, what's the AD is giving, or is the, it's the, the AD or the uh, district attorney. Yeah. The DA is, is uh, tearing uh, Vic and all of us a new one. Oh yeah. Oh and, yeah. Uh, he was intense too. This episode starts off really hardcore. <laughs> that guy was scary. But there's a, a great um psych group separation where um I say that I would shoot the guy and this will be such a great bit of when I say I, I mean a fictional detective played by Powers Booth. <laughs> and you give me this this look of approval, Maggie. Yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes in in all like uh, that you all ever have together is in this ep- is in this uh, is in this episode. Um, the I'd rather shower with I'd rather marry a vegan. But that scene it, is it, the impression is that Powers and I were both in the pilot of the Great Deadwood. <laughs> oh right! Oh my god! Uh, um, rest, man. He was good in so many things. So good, so good. And uh, let me just say, Tony Cox is a is a also. sweet, sweet prince of a man. Had a, yeah. had a blast with Tony. Came ready to play. He was um, so funny in this. You all were so good together. Yeah. So he was, funny. He was a lovely dude. And uh, and couldn't I couldn't have asked for a better guide. That's so nice. That's nice. And he he's very... Uh, he feels like he's like down... like Or I should say up for anything in this. Because um, we put him in a lot of really interesting... The jumping out of the car. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Okay. Sean is shocked to learn that Henry is living in squalor. His mother is married to a prince. Then Cox takes Sean to see Gus, who, much to Sean's surprise, is married to an overbearing woman with kids who are ungrateful and want nothing to do with him. The best part, they watch Gus's life as if it was a sitcom. The best I'm 80s sorry, sitcom. Totally jumped right. We've oh. got to go back to, we've got to go back to um, Corbin, to Henry, what Henry's life turned out. And the legendary oh, yeah. Audi. Yes. Audi. The uh, the outing of the Audi. I mean, and how much, <laughs> well played. And how we much milk went for the scene with, with the milk bottle the street and the, the milk comes down his belly. It's just we were awful. tormented. We were tormented by by that Audi uh, for years, <laughs> and uh, he was so happy to put it on display. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was so happy to be disgusting. Like he, uh, 
he he was so into it and was like, what else can we do? What else? How, how can we make me even more disgusting? Um, People magazines, most handsome men in the world. Yeah. At one point yeah. in your career, then you yeah. kind of got, he had, he had a lot, he had a lot, long way to go. Yeah, he did. And God uh, bless him. He's bravery for doing that. He's so funny in, uh, have you seen the curse by any chance? Uh, Joms? I have not yet seen the curse. Okay. He's, he's very, uh, He's he's pretty good. He's great. Um, okay. Uh, okay. What is this? Um, the Curse is a show with Emma Stone and Nathan Fielder, and he is Emma Stone's father in the series. Anyway, he's okay. You know, here's he's, the difference between Corbin and I. If that were me and I had a new show on out, it would be all over our, our psych family. <laughs> yeah, he really hasn't talked about it. That's so true. All right, let's go. Okay. Oh, God, Gus, delay in the scene is so good. You're in with and the Gus. Keisha and I pull him. Oh, my God. It's so funny. And the dance they do, the dance at the end. Oh, my God. Like, it, yeah, it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Um, that was one of the, that was the one that I think we came up with first. I think Saladin and I, by the way, Saladin makes a special cameo as the African prince that. Uh, <laughs> Wait. In front of the Sean's yeah, yeah, in the yeah. photograph. Um, we knew that we wanted to turn uh, Gus's life into a like a UPN. Uh, <laughs> um, it's so good. We never really dated the episode episode two a UPN a reference to yeah, a UPN. Yeah, from, from Jump Street. Like we knew that we knew we wanted to do that. The other ones, I think, we came up with after that one, uh, just because we knew that. Dulé would kill it. I wanted to give him a big bushy Robert Townsend mustache. Like that one was pretty, so good. Was pretty clear uh, in our heads uh, from Jump Street. So good, so good. Pull him, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to play his wife. She's great. <laughs> She's so good. It's like uh, it's all the every single thing, and we haven't even gotten to like. Oh, it's so good. Okay, so next, Cox takes Sean to see the SBPD, where Lassiter is the chief of police and runs the station like a militarized precinct. Which and chief some psycho, see some psychic foreshadowing. Spoiler alert: that uh, Lassiter eventually becomes the chief of police. Oh, uh, true. Does. Actually, true. He doesn't run the SBPD like that, but yes, he he. Uh, he does become the chief of police. How about <laughs> can we talk about Kirsten for a second? Like <laughs> in this, oh my God, she not oh, only God. is she so great in this character, she looks like insane. She looks amazing. She's like incredibly, <laughs> oh, it's so good. We so, all enjoyed it, uh, Kirsten's performance in this in this yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, we like absolutely uh, like love. Uh, yeah, so Kirsten, he killed it. <laughs> No, she enjoyed. She enjoyed putting on that Frau uh, Vic and her with her um on that 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 costume. I remember. Frau Vic, so God. good. Anytime something sounds too good to be true, I'm suspicious. So if that's just me, but if you too can spot a too good to be true health hack from a mile away or read labels like it's your job, then congratulations, you too are a skeptic. And Ritual knows that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean, bioavailable forms. Now that we have shorter days, we have to get in as much vitamin D as we can. 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D from their diet. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% in a clinical study. 43%. A clinically backed multivitamin for women 18 plus with high quality and traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms with nine key nutrients and two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption. Gentle on an empty stomach with a minty essence in every bottle. I like that. That helps make taking your multis actually enjoyable. Yeah, they're not super stinky. You know how vitamins can be really stinky. Anyway. Industry-leading sustainability standards, Ritual uses scientific tools to select lower carbon packaging, prioritize sustainability-sourced ingredients, and set ambitious climate goals. Ritual is a female-founded B Corp, love that, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of the people and our planet. No more shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 40% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pineapple. This offer is only available through January 31st. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pineapple for 40% off. 
Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Sean then realizes Juliet isn't there. So Cox takes him to where she is, (laughs) policing the mean streets of Miami with a Farrah Fawcett hairdo uh, while also dating Dwayne Wade. I'm sorry, we we have a, um, (laughs) I think we, we passed over a, um, a serious first. What did I miss? So, James, you'll have to correct me because I could be wrong, but I think there's a ser- an entire series, not just a season first, a series first. So, pull your cars over, buddy. So, a, a show first, an entire show first. I can't say the series first because I think it's uh, so when Laster comes out of the uh, out of his office. I think it's the, I think it's the very first time we see him in a monocle. Yes. Oh, it is. That's right. Yeah, we'd wanted that for a while, and finally. So I hope I give you all enough warning to pull the car over and put the weight down and get off the ladder. If you're taking on Christmas or holiday lights, yeah. I hope I warned you fully enough. So yeah. and then um, the, just that wig and just the delight you gave me in getting to getting to put that that mustache and that wig on. And <laughs> you look fantastic. He gets to wear he gets to wear his saber again. Yeah, yeah. it was it was extraordinary. Um, extraordinary. So, it's extraordinary. Did we talk the, about the, the entire phys- the entire physicality? The yeah you. Everybody embraced it so much. It was so fun to watch. I forget the my as my opening lines was I um did we talk about me channeling Val Kilmer's Doc Holiday? I'm sure that we actually, did. I'm sure there was like I'm sure you said, hey, what do you think about uh, giving him some Doc? And I said, yeah, mix that with something else and see yeah. what you come up with. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fact that the logo is um a dark <laughs> yeah the SPPD uh, logo is now but. Turned into a, Ger- a dark Gerald Ford, which made me realize. Remember that last year, one point said how much he he wrote Gerald Ford a letter saying that he loved him. That's right. <laughs> oh, that's so good. And the anti squirrel logo above the um on the oh my god, it was just just oh, so so good. Uh, really, our favorite scenes now. Julia as in the Farrah Fawcett hair. I mean, I really. I, I I really loved this uh, whole look so much, and I loved getting into. So she, she's a uh, she's a you know I I guess to embrace like being an ass a little bit. I'm very like over the whole situation, and everybody's really uh, not pulling their weight. And then, but I uh, that the stunt. Um, I remember. <laughs> I would say, uh, you know what? I actually think this. I was more scared. Yeah, than, that was a crazy one. Yeah, than I was even in the clock tower for some reason. I don't know why, but there was something about like the dragon. Like I was really in the thing. And the anyway, the shot is so cool. Um, so feet from your head. You what? Yeah, that was like I think that was the thing. But it was like it looks um and it looks so it was, so good. It was all practical. I mean, we shot yeah. it in whatever year we shot it in, and there was no other way to do it. But the yeah. Put that thing up on its side and drag it. <laughs> yep. I do remember coming out of the studio to watch this happen. Yeah. And we it did was, it. It was crazy. And it, it was amazing to see live in person. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was really, I mean, it's really fun. And also the shot so good. And then I look back at one point and there's like that, like the really quick, like we, we almost like touch hands or so. Like there's this like moment. Yeah. Like between the, the thing, the, what's it called? I don't know. In the, in Almost the, like you were aware that I was there. Yeah. 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 There's just like a little bit of that going. It's so good. Okay. Um, the gloss over, what color is the Cadillac that's that's following you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's your favorite color. Everybody drink. It's a very, very Pepto drink. <laughs> yes, it is. Glug, so, <laughs> no, everybody. 
So each of these dream sequences, Sean subconsciously pictures uh, our character speaking about the Zarsky case and later uses their info for clues. I just have a gorgeous beat I need to (laughs) call out because it was a brilliant direction and writing. So when uh, when Sean's standing there looking, observing this and really soaking the lens, this shot of you, and now you're out of the car and being chased, chasing the bad guys and being shot at. And you, um, the um, our fair fossil oh, here. This shot, I love this. Crouches her behind the dumpster, and then Sean's looking at her, and she turns into our real life O'Hara. And it was it was just a go- it was a gorgeous, beautiful moment that really struck me in the heart. And it, it's connected with the uh, first time we met um, on the show where my hand is shaking. Uh, so like, and and you clock that as I'm in this, it's me in my Farrah Fawcett, um, you know, tough girl. And then when you clock that and I look back at you, I'm Juliet. It's like, it's such a moment. And what do I say? What are we waiting for? Canadian Thanksgiving? Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dumb. It's so good. Julia um, Farrell really, I think, hits everybody. Uh, that's, that's sweet. It was, it was, it was a, mo- it was a good moment. I, lo- I loved, I lo- uh, loved, 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 loved. Back in the psych office, Sean speaks to his 12-year-old self and realizes he doesn't have to kill his inner child, but he has to grow up and take responsibility for his actions. After he awakens, Sean remembers that when he broke into Sarsky's headquarters, he was almost positive he avoided all the security cameras, yet the defense has surveillance video of him. And Tony yeah. Cock, isn't this where he, you have the thing, you like, you like the awkward, uh, exits? Oh, yeah. uh, and he has to jump off the Tony Cox has to jump off the window. That was messed up. <laughs> I was like, God. And he was like, okay. And it's so funny. It's so good. <laughs> Sean recruits Gus after some heavy convincing, including some coffee. And Sean tells Gus that he believes the surveillance footage was shot from across the street and not from a camera in Zarsky's headquarters. Instead of going at it alone, Sean decides to play it by the book this time. Sean and Gus, now we're back at the SBPD, convince Lassiter in one of my favorite scenes ever between the three of you. Uh, to convince Lassiter to accompany them to the apartment across the street where they notice a strong chemical smell coming from the door. But not before you uh, break Lassiter's shell by con- uh, by complimenting him on his detective skills when you go to ask for his help. You, you're never... You, what do you say? You say something like, I don't have time for this right now. I've never had actually less time. Like that I don't... What, whatever the line is. And then you walk away and you're so angry... And then Sean starts complimenting you on your detective skills and you melt like, like you just melt right into it. <laughs> you just are like, it I is. Think, the I fun. think he says, if I've been half the detective you, or half yes. the detective you would, then it's, be, it's beautiful. Say, and um, you just, yeah. Okay. Now let me go back to the show first real quick. Or the season. Oh, first. maybe I did go over it. When we, when we appear back at the SPPD, I'm on the phone and if I'm talking to, who am I talking? I'm talking to Dobson. Dobson. It's, it's yeah. the season first of Dobson. Yeah, I caught that too. I'm like, Ella, we got so, Dobson. Yeah, so, uh, if you had not much just my skills, my my posture. And then this this is a new show first. So God, this is this episode is so chock full of show in season first. I'm so excited about this. Lasseter calls out his own Sternbush. <laughs> he does. He does. Which he, he has does. never done before. He does. He does. He does. <laughs> yeah, if, <laughs> I, if you had my posture in. The stern bush. Foster and the stern bush. And that was, I would rather shower with a vegan. I'm sorry, rather shower, rather marry a vegan. Fall in love with a vegan. vegan. Sorry. It's so good. Uh, One of my favorite. I think that was, yeah. Instead of going at it alone, Sean decides, blah, 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 chemical smell coming from. Okay. This gives the SPPD legal cause to enter without a warrant. Instead, uh, inside, they see surveillance photos of Zarsky and his men in the building Sean was caught in. Lasseter finds the makings of a homemade bomb and Sean checks the phone records and sees that there have been many calls made to the Dade count, to Dade County in Florida, a place where Zarsky has known dealings. This bit of info leads them to get Juliet involved. She tells them that Tacos del Carmen, a place where Zarsky had dealings, burned to the ground recently. And it was owned by a man named Juan Lava, a name that Sean said <laughs> used to belong to the owner. We just shout out. These are shout out. We have to point. These Carmen are shout outs for our beautiful boom team, Carmen. Her sound Carmen, department. Carmen Lava. Oh, so Lava team, it, it's not a couple that just came to set and and made love in front of everyone for our for our entertainment. That boom team means that one held a boom mic, which is a long pole with a mic on the end of it. And the other yeah, one sometimes boomed 
from other directions um, or, you know, in a, in a pinch, uh, you know, could also run the switch Depending on where the uh, camera is. Yeah. So they were, a, a our boom mic team. Sound uh, team. Yeah. They were and John. They, they got their own song. Yes. They did. Boom, boom, boom from, from the bottom. bottom. That's right. Boom from the bottom girl. Yes, that's, right. that's it. So it uh, was Del Carmen. And John Lava, thus connecting. I loved hearing the name Carmen Varin and uh, Juan Lava. Um, so, okay, while interrogating Juan, Sean learns, this guy was great too. He is so good. Um, Sean learns that Juan's business was part oh, of a I long line of... Selective separation. Yes. Juan was played by my friend, Jacob Vargas. Vargas, yeah. Who our daughters went to preschool together. Aww. Yeah, he, he works before, all the time. He was before or after during this time, but... I know, yeah, I know Carlos from, uh, sorry, I know Jacob from preschool. Mm-hmm. He's great. Life weird. And he also, he's really good in this and he, he, he breaks my heart at the end. He's great. Sean learns that Juan's business was part of a long line of small businesses Zarsky had been extorting for money and that Carmen was Juan's fiance who ended up dying in the fire that Zarsky set off. Sean thinks something's weird, <clears throat> thinks something's weird and there must be something else missing. That's when he falls asleep and Tony Cox comes back explaining Sean has to make up with his father. Back at the station, Sean speaks with Juan and ends up breaking him down and gets him to admit he planned on using a bomb to kill Sergey in a revenge for his killing, uh, in revenge for killing his fiance. It is set to go off in exactly 24 minutes. Sean tries to convince Juan that he still has a chance to make the right choice and let the SBPD handle Zarsky. The police reluctantly save Zarsky from getting blown up. Sean seizes the moment to make an emotional plea to the neighborhood residents who gathered at the scene. He knows they are terrified of Zarsky, so he and Juan encourage them to take a stand now or they could suffer the same fate as Carmen. Suddenly other small business, I just will talk about this scene in a second because it's so beautiful. Suddenly other small business owners that Zarsky extorted step forward um, and say that they will testify against him in court. This is exactly what the SBPD needed to get Zarsky behind bars. Plus, Cut to me learned. sitting in the same spot watching the episode yesterday, preparing my notes and crying over this scene. It's so good. It's so good. And we learned that Gus actually defused the bomb. Gus defuses the bomb. Sean realizes for the first time in his life that Jiminy Cricket is a cricket. Instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah. of a cockroach. Not a cockroach. <laughs> Always nice to learn things later in life. Um, when you then, say you're a giant cockroach, I really didn't know what the I didn't know you were gonna say cockroach, just saying in the scene. I was like, wow, we got away with that. We really we're gonna get away with this. Anyway, yeah. And then they figured out a way to for Juan to not go to jail too, didn't they? Um, they do. So those of it so that there's no evidence or something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, I can't prove it. The hell I can't prove it. Is that yeah. the part? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I get to take his cuffs off and I wish him a Merry Christmas. <laughs> and then you guys are sitting and having lactose free eggnog. That's right. <laughs> oh no. Isn't that? Yeah. It's lactose free. Right. And then you talk about the place he should open. Um, it's so it's so sweet. He's so good that the whole ending of this, I have chills just thinking about it. So Sean is proud of himself for solving the case, uh, the honest, uh, straightforward and legal way. But most of all, he's happy to make amends with Henry and regain his respect from the rest of the SVPD. It's so, this is so beautiful. I feel like it does have a total Christmas, beautiful Christmas wrap up, especially with that Kurt Smith song playing at the end of it i just was like i'm like tears were just like rolling out of my eyes it was beautiful it was a what wonderful song that kurt recorded for us i gotta go back and watch i miss I'm, i didn't catch that's a kurt song at the end yeah yeah it's this so is good. this is christmas i think it's called oh. so i was too busy crying oh. from the scene no i know same all right quickly jumps yes Fans. oh maybe this is for all of all of us but what what were all of our first reactions to the script the controversy was going on part of me was like i would expect no less from <laughs> james making a christmas movie um yeah that was i was just so excited to like put i just wanted to be you know heather locklear and oh, yeah. uh, be tough what about and you all? Was gratitude gratitude yeah for my own face wig and that mustache and a monochrome accent and the saber there was even more gratitude once we shot the scene with kirsten and saw what she was wearing Oh my God! Yep. God, she gave her a spotlight and a whip, and she did the rest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
And she owned it. She owned it. She loved it. Should Miami Jewels get her own spinoff series? Um, you know, I maybe. Think I think it's time. Maybe. Thousand percent. Got to get last year there. Yeah, TJ Hooker. Yeah. Feathered sprayed. Oh, come on. Come on. Oh, I think that's fun. a good movie, really. What sitcom would you want your life to be modeled after, like Gus's in the episode? Oh, my God. Oh, I don't know. This is a tough question. Um, sitcom. Well, cheers would mean that we would constantly be at a bar, Tim. That's not bad for us. Well, oh, well, why do you single me out of that? Well, I don't know if you would get as much out of being at a bar every day as we would. <laughs> Maybe you would. Maybe I would. Maybe, Maybe I'm not giving you enough credit. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I'll, I want to join it. I feel left out. Sure. You get a stool. <laughs> Absolutely, you get a stool. We're all yeah. cheers. Also, cheers is the best of the best of the best. Okay. Whose idea was it to have the Grinch in the background? Oh, that was that was a, like during a production meeting, uh, off the cuff uh, thought where I just said, hey, it'll be funny if we put a Grinch in the background stealing Christmas. <laughs> we had such a great we had such a great crew that it's like yep no problem we'll make it happen <laughs> at what point in the series did you have this idea for the episode well like i said i think we knew at the beginning of the season what the you know what the concept was going to be right i just went off the res right right um okay whose idea was it to have tony cox as sean's guide Everybody was on board for that. Yeah. We were all big, big fans of Bad Santa and we were yeah. all fans of Tony. And uh, that one was not, I mean, he was the, the first he, he, person he we went a, to. A Dinklage reference who is, is just beauty. Yeah. <laughs> he was just game. He was such a gamer. Everybody was. I mean, honestly, this is, it's such a good episode. It's so interesting to have the backstory too. Anything else you, uh, Remember, I want to add in. I mean, I feel like this was so rich with the. Yeah, like I'm. I'm glad that I'm glad we did it. I think you know, looking back, it's it's another one of those episodes that we can point to and say, "Can you believe that this little show that started off in 2000, you know, five, um, you know, evolved into a show where we could do this?" Like. It's, yeah. it's one of the ones that I would point to where you just can't believe, you know, all the boxes that we checked and, and you know, what this show sort of where it started and, and what it became. And, you know, my my only regret is the sort of the lack of communication on, on my part and, and the way that, you know, we had to get there um, wasn't as fun and sweet and wonderful as psych always was but i don't know maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's good to you know to, to challenge yourself in in a different sure way those growing pains then yeah those yeah. Then, um those mistakes were never probably made again they certainly weren't or there was or you just learned even better communication like there's always a learning thing with with i feel like when these things go down too so it's never you just said really much better what i was trying to say so thank yeah. you for that agreed agreed um <laughs> <laughs> um, you all, this was really fun. I can't stop looking at Claude in the background. He's got a bully stick. Oh, he's very happy. Um, and yeah, I, now, now I'm thinking of, we should either have Saladin or even maybe, uh, uh, Steve on as well to like, uh, do a two part to this episode. But if we can get Sal, I'll, I'll try. I know he's so yeah. busy. I think maybe if you make it on a weekend, he's probably, he could probably swing it. Do it. Okay. Absolutely. We have a uh, Klugman, I told you, coming up too with Andy. And it's so funny because as I was, that episode started and I was like, oh, April, Bulby. Right. As well. Who We've become like a little, I mean, kind of, you know, Instagram, you know, you just like check in with people occasionally and we have like yeah. a little friendship so i yeah that's another one too i mean maybe we start doing two parts on some of these but anyway joms we don't have to take your time to work out our, our sister lassiter and gus both had one-off sisters <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and they're both great yeah like, they're both so good um but thank goodness o'hare did not have a one-off brother i know lots of the joy of him back yes that's true okay. all right well yay 
Thank you, Doms. Thank you for all the goodness there. And yeah, hopefully. Episode, we'll... Thank you for, yeah, I think we're coming on our show and this, this episode of the psychologists are in a psychological yeah. podcast. And thank you for writing and directing this gift of an episode oh, for all of us. This was so much fun. It was so fun to relive. It's one of the ones that as I was watching scenes, I was like, I remember this like it was yesterday. Like I remembered that last scene of the crew and everybody coming forward. And like, I can, I have like personal memories from these days that like, I really, really remembered. It was, it was a good one. It was a good well, one. John. It means a great deal to me that you enjoyed it as much as you did. So thank yeah, you for all the, the kind words. Love yes. it. I just enjoyed. Thank you all so much for listening. See, I told you there was a lot there. It's so interesting. It's just, says so much, I think, about James and Steve and this this whole group of like to even go through something like that and even have James talk about it in the way he talks about it now with such like humility and Steve, who is just, his heart is so big. <laughs> he wants to make everybody happy. And it's just like, we got so lucky. We all just got so lucky to have this group of people still actually be our family. So thank you all for listening. We might turn this into a two-parter, so stay tuned for that. Please follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologist Are In, our Twitter at Psychologist Pod, and please for a video and also doggy appearances now on the videos and ad-free episodes, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash psychologists are in. We will talk to you next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.